You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Abraham, think about it, he had no understanding of spiritual things either. And he was under the influence of a pagan environment. Think about your BC days. Think about the great influence you were under living in the pagan environment that you lived in. Think about that, right? And yet God saved him. And how did he save him? By grace. It wasn't anything that commended Abraham to God. It was all of grace. Today, Pastor Mike shows us how the life of Abraham is an encouragement to all of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey. He reminds us that Abraham did not earn God's grace by merit. In fact, Abraham's life was marred by some really bad decisions. But just as God chose to show grace to Abraham unconditionally, He offers the same thing to us today through Jesus Christ. And just like Abraham had faith and became known as a friend of God, we too can have a friendship with Christ. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis chapter 12 as he continues his message, Abraham. the whole thing in advance. We want to be able to look down the road and around the corner and see what, you know, what we're going to face sometime in the future, right? But God usually doesn't work that way. So Abraham was to leave a country like that and set off across the Arabian desert to who knows where. He didn't tell him where he was going. He just says, get out of the land of Ur. And I'll explain why in just a moment, and that'll bring us to our second point. But the point is, it was not an easy thing. And listen, when God calls us, when God commissions us, right, to salvation or whatever, many times it's not an easy thing. And there are sacrifices that need to be made. God said to Abraham, leave your country. Now, the second thing that I want to draw your attention to here as it relates to this part of the processes of God working in Abraham's life, very similar to the way that he works in each and every one of our lives, Abraham was to eliminate all godless influences from his life. Notice he was also commanded to leave his people. Because you see, his people, as we've already established in that text of Scripture that we read in the book of Joshua, they were idol worshipers. They had forsaken the true and the living God. And they had turned their back upon him, and they went after these false gods. And they worshipped these 
idols. So therefore, God commanded, because of what he was about to do in and through his life, he had to practice separation. And I want you to think about that in your own life. Isn't that true of us as well? God has called us to separation, separation from the things of the world. We are to separate ourselves from the people that would have those ungodly influences upon our lives. We must also practice separation, sanctification, just simply means to be set apart. So therefore, he's commanded to leave his people. Now, think of the major obstacle that would have been for Abraham to overcome. We're talking about leaving human love. You know how difficult it is, right? For those of you who have come to New York from other places, you've come here because of your work or whatever, you're attending one of the universities here, as many of you are, or some internship, or you're here to study your art, your craft, music, whatever, and you've had to leave your home, California, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, wherever you came from, right? And it's not easy because you're leaving those who love you. It's an extremely difficult occupation. Abraham was required to leave human love. And listen, and you can bet, even though his mom and dad, his closest relatives and kin were idol worshipers, there was still love that existed between them. You know, the human kind of love that we experience, you know, between the members of our family, many of which aren't Christians, many of which would actually fall into this category of idol worshipers, although if you ask them the question, aren't you worshiping an idol? They wouldn't even know what you're talking about, right? But they're worshiping the God of mammon, that is the God of this world, and the things that the world has to offer. So this was not an easy proposition. He was to leave human love, right? Think about all of the bonds that he had formed over. He was an adult by this time, right? Think about the security of leaving your own home, right? You got your your mom, your dad, members of your family to fall back on in times of need, that security that family provides. Think about the prosperity that he also enjoyed living in that family, in that area. Now, why was all of this necessary? Why was he to eliminate all of these ungodly influences from his life? Why? because simply it was necessary for his spiritual growth. If you don't practice separation, folks, let me tell you something, it'll hinder your growth and your walk in your relationship with the Lord. It'll hold you down. All of these godless influences. You see, Abraham needed to understand and experience to simply and completely rely upon God for everything. No longer to look to his family, No longer to look to mommy and daddy, right? Or his closest friends, or all of the worldly ties that he had made there in that land of Ur. He was to learn to simply trust in, right? And rely upon, absolutely upon God. You know, in Luke's gospel in chapter 18, here's a cross-reference for you, verses 29 and 30. This is Jesus speaking. And just in case you're thinking that that's too much of a price to pay, you know, to follow Jesus, if that's what God requires of me, well, I don't know about this. You know, that's kind of a high price to pay. Well, Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children 
for the sake of the kingdom of God. I'm not suggesting that this is going to be a part of your experience, by the way. Okay? This was the case with Abraham. But again, you know, if in fact you're living in a home where there are these ungodly influences, you get out of there, man. You're living in your mom and dad's basement and you're being influenced in an ungodly way. You know, the things that they're watching on TV, whatever, you know, get rid of those things. It's not worth it, okay? I'm not suggesting that to be a Christian, you got to separate yourself from your mother and your father unless they're having those kinds of influences. I'm not suggesting either that you don't recognize them as your mother and father any longer, right? But nevertheless, you have to be careful. You need to put yourself outside of those kinds of influences. Anyway, he goes on here, who shall not receive many times, just in case you're thinking, does it really pay to follow God? Well, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. So listen, whatever you give up for God, it'll be given back to you manifold times. And you can be sure of that. And don't take my word for it. Just, you know, try God. Let God prove himself to be true in this respect. But nevertheless, Abraham was to practice separation, separation to God and the manifold blessings of his spiritual kingdom. Now, the next thing that needs to be noted about this man Abraham and Abraham's call is that it probably came to him on at least two different and separate occasions. The first call of God came to him, the practice of separation, get out of the land of Ur and go to a place that I will show you and I'll make of your seed a great nation and through your seed all of the nations of the earth would be blessed. And by the way, that's, one of a, that's a prophetical announcement concerning Christ because it was through Abraham's line that the Savior would be born. So the first time that God had called Abraham was in the land of Ur, chapter 12 and verse 1. But then as we are about to see in some of our future studies, once again, God rehearses once again that call, brings that call to Abraham in chapter 15 in the book of Genesis as well, there in the land of Haran. Now, why do I even mention that? Why do I even draw your attention to that fact? Well, just again to show you how human Abraham was. You see, these two calls suggest that after receiving the first one, chapter 12 and verse 1, he either faltered or stopped along the way. This means that although Abraham believed God enough to start out on his journey, after God had appeared to him in Ur, his faith was weak and needed some cultivation. Now, let me ask you this question. Does this sound familiar to any of you? I can really relate to this. You know, how many of us initially, we give our lives to Christ and we're like on fire, man. We're at every, you know, Bible study Prayer breakfast, forget about it. I'm the first one there at the prayer breakfast, right? I'm always the first one to volunteer when a need is expressed in the church. I'm delighted to do so. But now, you know, but then after a while, you kind of get jaded to the whole thing and the newness of the relationship, and you start questioning whether it really, as I mentioned before, does it really pay to serve God? Or, you know, am I really going overboard here and, 
you know, am I really too radical about this Christianity? And, and then maybe it even goes as far as we turn back or we stop altogether. And it is possible that that is exactly what happened to Abraham. So this may be the experience of some. So what does this teach us? Well, simply, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to follow God. All we have to do is begin. That's it. You don't have to be some serious. So if you're here and you've never made a decision for Christ, you're thinking, well, you know, I got these things in my life that I got to get rid of first before I make that decision, before I jump into this. And I got to like, you know, make some necessary adjustments. I got to do this, that, and the other thing. All of these things have to fall into place. And then I'll follow. And then I'll make a decision. No, no. All you have to do is make the decision. And all you have to do, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to follow God. All you have to do is make a choice to begin. Well, this is what Abraham and his life is all about. And that's why we are keenly interested in this man. Curious, curious Bible study, character. The goal is that you might begin the life of Christian discipleship, or if you have begun, that you might get on with that journey of faith that God has called you to. So either or. That's what this man is really all about. And that's why we're so interested in him. Now, you can be in one of three places spiritually. Now, I want you to think about this. And I don't know everyone that's here. I know that we have a couple of visitors. But nevertheless, I don't, even, I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on in your life. And I'm not looking over your shoulder. And I don't want to know anything that you're not willing to tell me about your relationship with the Lord. Right? That's between you and him. I'm there for you. If you need counseling or encouragement, pick up the phone, knock on the door. We'll always be there for you. But I'm not looking over your shoulder, so I don't really know where you are in your relationship, in your experience with God. But I know that any person can be in one of three places spiritually. Let me define those categories for you. The first of which is simply you're an unbeliever, with no awareness whatsoever of spiritual things. Secondly, you could be an unbeliever, you haven't made a decision yet, with a dawning awareness of spiritual things. Now, I want you to think about this. It's a progression, right? And all of us have gone through this at one time or another, or at least I have. There was a time when I didn't have any aptitude, inclination concerning spirituals. I couldn't care less. And then all of a sudden, I started getting interested in spiritual things. And that, you know, kind of catapulted me down this road to travel and Eastern thought, mysticisms, different religions, all kinds of crazy things. You know, it was really funny last night. I got to share this with you. I was trying to think of a way to work this into this message. But last night, I happened to watch the inductees for the 2018 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And one of the reasons why I was really interested in this particular program on HBO last night was that the Moody Blues were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And back in the day, before I was a Christian, before I had even met my wife, I was like maybe 21 years old. I was living in a commune above Santa Barbara in the Los Padres National Forest. And some of the Moody Blues actually used to visit 
and lived there with us during parts of the year. Well, I guess probably when they were traveling or they were performing in California. And so it was really interesting to look at this one particular guy who I knew very well. We actually used to get high together. Michael Pinder, one of the founding members of, of the band. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Should I have said that? Okay. Come on, you know, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, man, he really looks old. But, <laughs> but you know what? I was actually looking into a mirror, you know, and seeing myself. But it was so cool to see this guy being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So anyway, but that was a part of when I lived in that commune. You know, it was a hodgepodge and mixture of Eastern mysticism and thought and meditation and actual Christianity. It was a blending of all. It was crazy. It was actually what it was. It was a cult. And I was there to set up this school for the children that had been born to the members of this community there in, in the mountains up there in, in Santa Barbara in Los Padres National Forest. I was only there for a season, but it was, it was so interesting. But during that time, I was so interested in spiritual things. I, I was really on, on an honest pursuit of wanting to know God. Prior to that, I, I wound up in an ashram, the Hatha Yoga Institute in Los Angeles, studying under Satchidananda. I don't know if you remember, I'm going way back now. Most of you aren't as old as I am, so I don't know if you'd be familiar with him. But he was like the guru to the Beatles and stuff. And so I was really on a pursuit, wanting to know God. So that, that's the second category here. I was still an unbeliever with a dawning awareness of spiritual things. And it's interesting. Also, while I was you know, in California, in Southern Cal at that time, you know, I would go down to Santa Monica, where on Saturdays they would have the open market, You know, they close off the streets down there in Santa Monica, if you're familiar with that area. The different farmers, they bring all of their produce and they sell it right on the streets. And there are musicians and there are craftsmen who sell their wares and stuff. And you'll find the Hare Krishnas there. You'll find Christians, you know, handing out tracts and trying to share their witness with people. And and God moved all of these people across my path. And, and anyway, I, I don't want to go into my whole testimony, but you've heard it before. But at that time, I was an unbeliever with a dawning awareness of spiritual things. So that's the second category. Or thirdly, you might just simply be a believer, right? So therefore, you can be in one of these three places spiritually. Okay, so let's take them then in that order that I just mentioned. And how does Abraham relate to you and to me? And how does he serve as a great encouragement to you and to me? Well, if you're in the first category, Abraham should be a message of hope for you. Before God came to Abraham, think about it, he had no understanding of spiritual things either. And he was under the influence of a pagan environment. Think about your BC days. Think about the great influence you were under living in the pagan environment that you lived in. Think about that, right? And yet God saved him. And how did he save him? By grace. It wasn't anything that commended Abraham to God. It was all of grace. And so if you're an unbeliever, listen, there's hope for you, right? God simply saved him by grace. And God will work in your life in a similar way 
as you try to hear and understand the teachings of his word. So I don't know everyone that's here. I don't know if you're a believer or an unbeliever, some of you at least. I don't know where you are in your walk in your relationship with the Lord, but maybe you fall into that first category. The second category, things are beginning to make sense to you now. Maybe you were traveling in your car and you happen to be switching the stations and you tuned into the bridge and you happen to hear me or, or Chuck Smith or Greg Laurie or, or Raul Reese or any of the Calvary guys that are on the radio there and, and all of a sudden you made a connection and all of a sudden a light went off and spiritual things are beginning to dawning for you, right? So maybe that's the, the place that you are right now in your Christian experience. Things are beginning to make sense to you. Well, if that's the case, Abraham's life is also one from which you can learn as well. You see, Abraham responded to God because God first took an interest in him. He answered simply because God had called. So, if things are beginning to fall into place for you, you know, now it's starting to make sense. This is like the, maybe the second or the third time that you've come out to our service. Things are starting to fall into place. Things are starting to make sense. You know, you're starting to really give spiritual things some concern. You're that close to making a decision for Christ. It is because God is already working in you. And listen, this is what you need to do. Drop anything that holds you back and respond as he speaks and follow as he leads. That's simply what you need to do. Then the third and the final category, you are a Christian. Okay, well, the study of Abraham's life is for you as well. How's that? Well, it shows us how one man, not much better than any of us, or worse, heard the call of God and was willing to abandon everything for the sake of the blessings of God that God had set before him. He left his country, but found a new one, and even looked beyond it to that heavenly country and that city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. Oh, yes, he left his people, but he came the father of a new people, didn't he? He left his father's house, but he found room in the house of God in heaven prepared for him by Jesus himself. And so it is for us. These blessings that we've been talking about, they're for us as well. And how does it all begin? As we begin our pilgrimage. That's it. We need to just set out. You don't have to be a giant in the faith to do that. All you have to do is take that first step. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long to be. Here at In My Father's House, we're going through the book of Genesis, where the story of the beginning is told. God made light and said that it's good. God made plants and trees and said that it's good. God made animals on land and in the sea, and he said that it's good. And then God made man, 
and he said that it is very good. Creation didn't stop at the end of the sixth day. Creating is an inherent part of who God is and what He does. Look around you. What do you see? New plants, new trees, new animals, each one unique in how it grows. And God is still saying it is good. God is in the business of creating new people out of old ones, undoing the inherent brokenness. When you were born again, a new creation, God looked at you and said that you are very good. He has made you new and restored you to the place you were designed to fill. You've been listening to In My Father's House with Pastor Mike Venizio. This is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan. We'd love to see you here. You can find all the information you need, including service times, on our website, harvestnyc.org. That's harvestnyc.org. If you're listening outside of Manhattan, we'd love to know that, too. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. We hope you'll come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than in my father's house.